Clipper Nation, Clipper Nation, it feels good to be back and on today's show, going to be talking about if Kawhi Leonard is going to be starting the season healthy, will he, will he be participating in training camp? Also, the latest on the James Harden news and a couple of interesting things from Paul George's podcast that I thought was worth discussing all things related to his game. Going to be talking about those on today's Locked On Clippers. Our Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team, every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in Los Angeles and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan in the fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. You can subscribe to the podcast Twitter uh, page at Locked On Clips. And, of course, subscribe to my very own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I need you to subscribe. And let me know what you think our record is going to be if Kawhi Leonard is fully healthy, opening night, playing 30-plus minutes a game from opening night. Not saying he's going to be healthy the entire year. I don't think anyone's even predicting him to play 82 games. But if he's healthy from the beginning of the season, which is a luxury we did not have last season, I want you to tell me what you think our record can be and what you think it will be. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And I know there's an elephant in the room and I'm going to address it. I haven't posted an episode for like what feels like an eternity and I want to just give an apology to every one of you because the standard is Monday through Friday and in August as I said three days a week and I haven't even fulfilled that end of the bargain and it's because my computer screen got cracked. I don't even know how and I know that sounds ridiculous because I was just talking about how I got my computer fixed but I mean... My screen literally cracked, so I had no way to film, I had no way to record, and I felt so bad about it. So if there's like a locked-on NBA host power ranking right now, I would definitely be dropping to 30. (laughs) But I'm back, ready to go, screen's fixed, my air vents, the fans on my computer are doing well, so we are getting ready to go for what is going to be a full month of September filled with Clipper content and podcasts here at Locked on Clippers. So I really apologize. So we're going to officially start my second year as host now. So let's get into it with today's topics. And the first one is Kawhi Leonard being ready for training camp. Now, let's just talk about how Kawhi Leonard started out last season. We thought he was going to be back ready to go. But that wasn't really the case. On opening night, we heard he was coming off the bench. Now, we knew he was going to be on a minutes restriction. But I did not think that that would mean he'd be coming off the bench. Because he's not going to end up coming off the bench, right? 
So I thought it would be nice to just play him limited minutes, but start him while we play him those limited minutes. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Tyloo went a different route, brought him off the bench. Oftentimes, now I want to say on opening night against the Phoenix Suns, the whole first quarter went by and he didn't play. He didn't come in until the start of the second quarter or a timeout in that second quarter. So it was a little bit different than what I expected. But that wasn't necessarily a big deal, that early minutes restriction. What ended up being a big deal was when we went on the road to Oklahoma City and then we heard that he wasn't going to be playing in that first game. That wasn't. That was the first step of back-to-back. And then we realized that he had a setback, but they listed him as day-to-day. Now, when he was day-to-day, that was a very frustrating part of the season for fans and myself because I am a fan, <laughs> as, as I always try to convey. And that was very frustrating because... It felt like the medical staff was load managing him, being overly cautious, and it was one of those situations where we thought Kawhi wanted to play, wanted to get going, and the staff was like, nah, we don't want to rush you back into things. But it ended up being a real setback, a real injury that held him out of not just that game, but the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve games. So he missed from October 23rd was the last game he had played. He didn't come back till November 17th. That was almost a month. And that was our three-game homestand. And again, he's not fully going to get you know his minutes cleared right away. He's going to still have to work his way back. So in those three games that he did play at home, he didn't even hit 30 minutes. So then he had the ankle injury against Utah. So you're looking at this, right, in total. After the ankle injury, he misses one, two, three, four, five, six more games. So he misses from November 21st, the last game he played against the Jazz, and then he comes back on December 5th. And again, that's how we knew he was injured, that he had a sprained ankle. But, man, it felt like we were definitely proceeding on the side of caution there as well because I don't remember players missing that many games for a sprained ankle, especially when it's not a high ankle sprain. But he did come back within six games, which wasn't too bad. Um, Mind you, we did lose four of those games. So every single loss just felt so big at this point because we just had not hit the ground running. Our players aren't healthy. When when I say our players, I mean our star players aren't healthy. And we're just not getting going. And we did not take advantage of that easy schedule that I talked about that we needed to take advantage of if we wanted to have a 60-win or 55-plus win season before the season started last year. But then he comes back against Charlotte, hits that game winner, and then he plays his first 30-minute game in that game against Orlando where he was still on a minutes restriction, and we pulled them, both Kawhi and Paul George, out at the overtime. And then he finally gets his first win with a 30-minute game at the Washington Wizards. So he slowly started to regain his form and went crazy. But in those games, he only played... Five of the first 24 games. So he missed 20 of our first 25 games, basically. That was a huge hindrance to our season. A huge one. We did not hit the ground running because our best player is not healthy. And I think oftentimes as fans and around the league observing the Clippers, we are so hard on them and expect them because Ty Lue has shown that he could get the most out of players or most out of the team, even when our star players aren't healthy, kind of like our 42-win season in 2022, we thought that, oh, if we have Paul George 
and no Kawhi, we still can be like a 5-10 to 10 games over 500 team. And that was not the case in the beginning of the season, especially because Paul George didn't hit the ground running as much as he did in 2021-22 or 2021 in that season. In last season, it took him a little bit of a while to get going. We were two and four. He hit that game winner against Houston, and then he started to get going. But it wasn't that crazy. Paul George is in top ten and MVP caliber, you know, season to start last year for P. At least the first ten games, and without Kawhi, that wasn't really good enough, especially with the way that Reggie Jackson was performing. So. This season, the reason why I bring this topic up today is because there was a report by Clutch Points today from Brett Siegel, and it says, the title of the article is, Clippers Tyron Lou gives pivotal injury updates on Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, ahead of training camp. And what he said, and this is coming from Sirius XM Radio with Frank Isola and Brian Scalabrini, USC legend Brian Scalabrini, and he said, we expect him, him as in Kawhi, to be ready by training camp. So that's amazing to hear. And it's not the first time we've heard that. He said that in the summer league, and I talked about it here on Locked On Clippers. But when we hear new news and him, you know, saying things for a second time, then that makes me confident that he should be telling the truth. And I know I've been the guy that's been saying, got to take everything the Clippers say with a grain of salt because of the way they've talked about injuries and downplayed them and then we find out that it's a torn something a couple weeks later so everything in regards to Kawhi's health essentially but it doesn't sound like he'd be exaggerating about this he says we expect him to be ready by training camp the key word there is expect that we don't know but he did say he will be a hundred percent by the time training camp hits and we just got to be ready for when training camp hits with our medical staff We just make sure we're doing the right things as far as practices and games and making sure the minutes are right. The same thing with PG. When those two guys play, we're an amazing team. So let's just talk about that for a second. That's amazing. If we have uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, of course, but Paul George, is he's telling us he's ready to go. He's on Podcast P. He's doing his own thing. He's communicating to us. But Kawhi Leonard is the one that we don't hear things about. And when we hear Ty Lue say he will be 100% ready by training camp, he will be 100% by the time training camp hits, that is an amazing, amazing thing to hear as a Clipper fan because if we have a healthy Kawhi Leonard, even if he's on a minutes restriction the first couple of games, if he's hitting that 30-minute mark by game 5 or 6 or game 9 or 10 as opposed to game 25 and 26 then I think we have a chance to hit the ground running, and that's the key to getting that top three seed, even without the addition of James Harden, is having Kawhi Leonard to start the season, and of course, Paul George. And hearing that today made me very happy and optimistic, but I don't want to get too optimistic because you know what happens when that happens. I get disappointed by the Clippers, but Kawhi Leonard should be ready to go for training camp, but coming up, another player who probably won't be at Clippers training camp, but could be a Clipper further down the line, James Harden. What's the latest on him after the whole Daryl Morey incidents and calling him out in China? Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 
in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now, that's big. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket? That's massive. NFL Sunday ticket is great. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. I'm still caught up on that $100 off NFL Sunday ticket thing. You better bet that $5. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So James Harden, the latest I talked about on Locked On Clippers in regard to James Harden was him calling Daryl Morey a liar, and we just knew that the situation was going to be on pause. It was going to be at a standstill. Daryl Morey's not going to budge. We had the report that the trade talks with the Clippers have fallen through, and it's not going to be a thing for a little while, and Harden's going to try to keep making life miserable on the Sixers to try to force their hand. Now, today a new update came around, and I don't really believe this one, but I figured I'd just throw it out there. It is the summer, and I'm going to try to give you guys a lot of episodes still before the season starts, especially given my whole computer fiasco. But Rachel Nichols, yes, Rachel Nichols, the one that used to work for ESPN in the Jump and now is with Showtime, said that James Harden wants to be the number one option. And part of why he is leaving Philadelphia is because he was not the number one option with Embiid. Now, let's break that down for a sec. That doesn't make any sense. Because why would he want to be a clipper if he wants to be the number one option? He is not going to be the number one scoring option. He is not going to be the number two scoring option. And with Russell Westbrook, he still is going to be the probably the number one ball handler. But he's going to have to split the duties to a degree. So in no way, shape, or form is James Harden the number one option coming to the Clippers. And it's very obvious that he wants to come to the Clippers. So that doesn't just, the stories just don't line up. And by the way, Paul George did say that he, Kawhi Leonard, and Russ have been working out together. And when I hear that Kawhi's been working out, that makes me even more confident in what Ty Lue said about him being fully healthy. So fingers crossed. If we get Paul George, Kawhi, and Russ healthy by opening night, and we got Kawhi playing 30-plus minutes by game five or at least 10 games in, we could have a great season, guys. We really could. I think a lot of times it's a lot of it's just about momentum, how you start the season. If we start the season with the seriousness that Ty Lue, Lawrence Frank, and all them, and Paul George say that they intend on starting it with, then we could be. I'm not giving up on it, for real. My whole thing is the injuries. I don't know if we can stay healthy the whole way. But I really think until, you know, and I hopefully they don't go wrong with injuries, and we do have a season blessed by the basketball gods that despise us so much, and they say, you know what? This is the year I feel like being nice to the Clippers and their players, and we're going to let Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play 65-plus games each, and they're going to start the season healthy, and we're going to get off to a great start because when they're on the court together, we're a pretty damn good team. And so, and if that happens, I don't even think the James Harden stuff will be talked about anymore. I think it'll be, we don't need Harden. We don't want to mess up the vibes. That's what my dream is, is that we start the season so well with our team and 
that we don't even talk about Harden anymore. But as far as this report, right, it doesn't make any sense. Not only was James Harden not the number one option in Philly and looked like he was enjoying it, he wasn't the number one option in Brooklyn, so he hasn't been the number one option since before the pan or since the bubble, you know, since 2020. So I don't believe for a second that he wants to be the number one option, like, and all that. Even though James Harden, I think, wants the ball in his hands, that's different than being the number one option in which Rachel Nichols was describing him to want to be and saying that Joel Embiid, he didn't like playing with him because he was the number two guy. It just sounds like something she's making up. So I'm not taking that seriously. But coming up, hearing things straight from the source, and that source being Paul George, not in relation to Harden, but some things about Paul George's game in various episodes that he's talked about, and I want to bring it up to you because... They're pretty interesting. Going to be talking about that coming up. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day. Every dayers on the next show, going to be talking about Nicholas Batum and how the French national team's doing in FIBA, being that he is the only player representing us. So going to be talking about that and maybe some more Clippers stuff. But in this episode, before we end off, I've been trying to get caught up with Podcast P, which after Locked On Clippers and Locked On NBA and all the podcasts of the Locked On Podcast Network is the next podcast you should be listening to because it's coming straight from one of our star players, one of the faces of our franchise, having dope NBA players on as guests and giving us a lot of insight as to his mentality, his relationship with these guys, more about his personality, things about his game, and the things about his game is what I wanted to bring up in this episode. And the first one I found to be very interesting was that PG said, I forget, I think it was with the Jalen Green episode, he said he doesn't like getting the first play of the game drawn up for him, he likes getting his shot on his own terms through the flow of the game. I think that's interesting. I don't think it's that big of a deal because it's just the first play of the game and everyone's just trying to get into the flow of things. But I think it's very weird that a scorer wouldn't want the first shot of the game to be his, especially when the first shot of the game is so, like, no pressure to me. I mean, ah, it depends, right? If it's a big game and everyone's watching, then maybe the first shot of the game is a little pressure. But a lot of the regular season games, you know, local television, people are still filing into their seats. It's just the first shot of the game. No one's even going to remember it in two minutes, really, unless it was insane. Like, I think it's not a big deal to miss the first shot of a game at any level. Like, I straight up don't think it's a big deal to miss the first shot at any level, especially if it's not like a wide open layup or something like that. But I think what he doesn't like, and this is just my opinion, right, of analyzing what he's saying. I think Paul George doesn't like it because... When the play is drawn up for him, he knows he's going to shoot, right? And he can get his shot off whenever he wants because he's 6'9". So he can. it's basically like coach draws up a play, I have to shoot it. That's what he says he doesn't like. Here's the thing. Okay, so what? You have to shoot it. If he misses though, that's the thing. I think it's because he'll start getting in his head. That's my assumption. And I know it's just a preference thing. But he's saying, you know, he wants to get it on the flow of the game. I get it. He wants to be comfortable. But I just thought that was interesting because most guys that – like Jalen Green, for example, he's like, nah, I want to shoot everything. And I think sometimes Paul George needs to have that attitude as well because of how great of a scorer he is. He's a much better scorer than Jalen Green. So, you know, again, it's a mindset thing. I think 
Paul George likes it to come in the flow of the game because he doesn't want to put too much pressure on himself to make that first shot. In my opinion, it's not a big deal if he misses that first shot. You just got to keep playing. But oftentimes we see Paul George start games shooting jumpers, and then he'll be like 0 for 5 to start the game. And it's just, again, shot selection that affects his aggression. And then we have a whole other discussion about PG not getting to the rim enough, settling too much for jumpers. Then another thing he said, like this was on the episode with Tyrese Halliburton. He said he can't back cut. I thought that was really interesting for a player to say that. He said, I can't cut. Now then it made me think to myself, what is he talking about? The 360 dunk that he had minutes before his injury against the Oklahoma City Thunder was on a back cut. And then I remembered my own words of what I always say on Locked on Clippers and on Dime Dropper. And I always say that PG is not a very good spontaneous mover without the ball. He moves well when plays are drawn for him in sets. And that was a set coming off a timeout, if I recall correctly. He's not a very spontaneous off-ball mover. He's pretty stagnant most, most more often than not. And he admits it there. He said, it's something I've never been good at. He said, every time I try to back cut, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm tall. It's, I don't know if it's my timing or, you know, I, I, I'm not discreet enough. The, my defender always sees me. And so that's interesting for him to say that. But I think Paul George is not the only NBA player that's not good off the ball or can't cut. I think, as I always say, it's one of the things that's a really lost art to me in today's game. And I think there are three teams that stand above the rest when it comes to this category in today's game. The Denver Nuggets, the Sacramento Kings, and the Warriors. And funny enough, when there was, I saw a tweet at some point of the season, late in the season, where it was saying, here are the teams that lead the league in cuts per game or something like that. And the top three were those guys, those three teams I named by a distance. So Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, like when people say that Ty Lue's offense is stagnant in this and that, your own star player hosts a podcast and is telling you he's not a very good cutter. So, I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're not going to move all over the place. I don't think Kawhi's bad off the ball. I think he's pretty good coming off screens, but he is a little bit more stiff coming off screens. He likes to turn and square and then kind of work. But he is pretty good coming off the ball. I'd say better than Paul George, Um, better coming off screens than Paul George. I think Paul George is more fluid coming off screens for jumpers. Um, Kawhi takes a little bit longer to get into his shot because, as I said, he's so, it's, he has such broad shoulders. He's so big. It's kind of like a LeBron. LeBron is, is not really a catch-and-shoot player at all, at all on the move. Stand still, he's started to do that lately, but on the move, he's not at all, whereas Kawhi and Paul are. But Kawhi's body type, he's become so strong, like LeBron in the way, these you know the wide shoulders and all that. And so... He's not like PG where he's coming off the screen, popping it right away. Sometimes he is, but usually it's when players go under the screen, not over the screen. And if if players go over the screen, Kawhi will usually take a dribble in or two to get to the jumper. One thing that Kawhi Leonard does way better than Paul George, and P admitted it on the show, and it's obvious, is pump faking. Another thing that Paul George said he isn't good at, which is hilarious. Paul George not being good at pump faking, I feel like at times he has gotten guys in the air with the three ball pump fake, you know? But it definitely isn't very smooth. It doesn't seem super comfortable for him. Whereas Kawhi, he's got a great usage of pump fakes. He's super patient. One of the reasons why I think he's a better scorer than Paul George overall, even though it's not as aesthetically pleasing. But Paul George, he isn't a very good pump faker. And I think that definitely is part of the reason why, you know, he's not as consistent of a score that he should be for how talented he is. 
Kawhi Leonard, he does such a great job of getting dudes in the air. And it's like he's playing at a slower pace. Like the game is slower for him than Paul. And the better you are, the slower the game is for you at every level. And Kawhi Leonard, I think one of his you know great skills is his utilization of pump fakes. And I think that's another skill that's very lost art in today's game, these little things. And I think Paul George is a perfect example of someone, not to say he's not fundamentally sound because he is to a degree, Great face-up footwork and good footwork around the rim. But he is a lot more of the flash, a lot more of the God-given talent that stands out in the highlight reel. You know, he's got an amazingly smooth jump shot from all three levels. A great handle. Gets so low to the ground for a tall guy when he's dribbling. I mean, it's, it's simply spectacular. But he makes the game hard for himself, whereas Kawhi makes the game easier. And I think some of these things that Paul's detailing for us as his fans... Is very is very cool to see, and yeah, he's not great at pump faking. He's right about that. He also went on to say that he is a guy that likes to go off the left leg. I mean, he can go off the right, but he doesn't get the same elevation, and that is completely normal. I am somebody who I've been getting back on the court lately, and man, I get so much more elevation off my left foot. Like it's crazy. Obviously, I'm a right right foot right handed guy, but like I can elevate pretty decently for a little guy on my left foot, but. Right foot, man, I, I do not get off the ground that same, that same way at all. At all. So you're not the only one, P. <laughs> and he's, at least he can still dunk off his, off his right leg. But he, he said mainly it's because he's so tall. Then the last thing on the episode with Mikhail Bridges. And by the way, I'm almost caught up with Podcast P. Almost. But on the episode with Mikhail Bridges, he said that he looks to facilitate more. He has more of an, I'm not out here to try to drop 30 anymore. I don't know how I feel about hearing that because I just, here's what I, the thing about Paul. I really love Paul. He's top two favorite player for me on the team with Terrence Mann. What's he, what's his mentality? Like on a night to night basis. Like for example, first when we lost in the bubble, he says I was being used too much off the ball, like a JJ Redick. Then this season he says, I don't want the ball in my hands so much. I want Westbrook. And then now he's saying, I like to, my mindset is more to facilitate. We brought in Westbrook. For you to now go back to that scoring mode. We want you to try to get 25 points. Maybe not 30 because we have Kawhi getting 30. But look for your shot. When you're catching the ball on the move, you got to look for your shot. When you're catching the ball on the wing, look to be aggressive if the play allows it. Besides that, or look to get into a pick and roll action. Besides that, yeah, of course, move the ball, you know, here and there as well. But I want Paul George looking to be fairly aggressive because a lot of times when he is aggressive getting downhill, that attracts help, and now the ball's really moving. So it's interesting, just his mentality. I like that he's, you know, looking to get guys more involved now and all that, but that's not really his job anymore. He is the star, but now we got Westbrook to do all that. You go out and get buckets with Kawhi, and that's why I don't want James Harden because if your second best player is saying that, I look more, I don't look to go out there with the mindset of trying to get 30. I look to, you know, get everybody going. Why do we need another guy that wants that, completely is going to try to have that mentality as with Harden? I don't get it. I don't get Paul George sometimes. But I love it, and I love his podcast, and I love hearing him speak, um, and I like getting to know more about him, and I still like having him on the team. It was a pleasure to be back in front of the microphone. I also want to say before I log off to, for this episode, I'm going to be at basically every Clipper game this year, guys. I got a sweet deal. I'm going to be in Section 207. So everybody always asks, what section do I sit in? It's going to be consistent this year. It's going to be like a season ticket. I basically have a season ticket this year for the first time in my life. So that's going to be so cool for me. I can't wait. So catch me in 207. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. You can also follow Locked On Clips on Twitter at Locked On Clips. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA sports, LA Clipper, and NBA history content. And you got to subscribe to Locked On Clippers. Let me know what you think our record can be if Kawhi Leonard is ready to go and playing 30 plus minutes by game 10 of the season. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers.